What's up, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about kind of a tough subject. We're going to be talking about suffering. Um, I know that, you know, Christmas is coming up and New Year's and, and all these are celebrations. And and oftentimes you find people who, who they just cannot see past their suffering. And... And rightly so, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people who um, last year I had a, a, a friend of mine who lost his son to cancer on Christmas Day. Um, as as exciting as Christmas is, there are legitimate people who are truly suffering. And sometimes it's hard to see past that. Sometimes it's hard to see um, past your own affliction. Um, it's hard to see past your own circumstances and um, and so we're going to discuss it today. I'm here with um, we got Kyler Salback, and uh, I'm excited about this podcast. Let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. All right, guys, here we are, Real Men Talk. We got Mr. Kyler Sal. What's going on, Kyler? Hey, guys. What's up? All right. So we're going to be talking about suffering, um, you know, and and for some people, this is this is a really um, difficult season, um, especially if you've lost a loved one, a loved one. Um, maybe maybe finances are tough. Uh, maybe, um, it, you know, maybe you're just going through certain circumstances that have made made this very uh, a very difficult season um you know maybe this is maybe this is a first christmas um without a loved one um that that can be extremely difficult and uh, y- you know as exciting as christmas is and as as much as we should celebrate um jesus christ and what he came to do uh, on the cross in, in in his ministry here on earth, and we are so thankful for that. We cannot leave the suffering behind, and that's kind of the 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 theme of this podcast today. Is is we want you to know if you were the one suffering, if you're listening to this podcast and you're the one suffering, that you are not forgotten. That um, that Jesus loves you, and there is purpose. In your surfer suffering, and I, w- I want you to know that. I want you to understand that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna jump into a book that's not really talked about very much um, of the Bible. We're gonna go to Lamentations, um, Lamentations chapter three to be um, exact. So just a little rundown on Lamentations, real quick. Um, if you're not familiar with it, Jeremiah wrote uh, Lamentations. And, you, you know, if you know anything about Jeremiah, he was known as the weeping prophet. Uh, you know, he had warned Israel. He had warned them and warned them. And um, God used Babylon to bring judgment upon to uh, upon Israel um, and Judah. And. Jeremiah was heartbroken. He was heartbroken. And um, Lamentations is kind of his, they're, they're kind of poems 
um, that kind of just expresses feelings about about what has happened. Um, it's a great book to read. Um, you know, and the whole theme of this book is about Israel, but a lot of it applies to our lives in our suffering. And so we're, we're going to read some of this. I, I'm going to just going to read bits and pieces um, of this, uh, of this chapter because it's, it's lengthy and I'm not, I'm sure you don't want to sit here and listen to me read this entire chapter. So I'm not going to, uh, but the first three verses, it starts off like this. It says, I'm a man who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. Now, reminder, this is Jeremiah. Okay. He has driven me away and forced me to walk in darkness instead of light. Yes. He repeatedly turns his hand against me all day long. And so this this kind of this theme kind of goes on for several verses. You know, you could see um, kind of into Jeremiah's mind. You know, it, he understands um, what has happened. You know, it says, uh, I'm a man who has seen the affliction under the under the rod of God's wrath. He understands that what has happened to Israel is judgment okay um but he himself he's he's an israelite he is heartbroken he is he, he is distraught at what is happening here um you know and you can it his thoughts bleed throughout this entire this entire chapter kyler when you were reading through this what, what was kind of your take from from limitations chapter three well, from these first verses, I kind of, I went through and I looked at it from a different uh, kind of merges the blue word, blue letter Bible and then and the enduring word commentary. But um, when I was looking at it, I didn't really see the perspective that um, it actually was talking about. Because it talks about when it says, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the wrath. He's actually like personifying Jerusalem and everything that they have gone through. Um and he begins to write as the voice that he's the individual sufferer, like he's taking on like the suffering of everybody close to us. And how, and then I thought to myself, like how many times as men, how many times as just people in our family, do we often take a hold? I mean, I've seen it in my family lately that we take on the suffering of everybody in our family. And as like a father, when your kids suffer, when your uh, family is suffering, like you also take that on. So it, it brought a different meaning to that when I was looking at it and I realized like, yeah, like when one suffers, especially in our family, we all kind of suffer. And so that's kind of what he's taken on there. And it, it brought a new light to the whole, the whole chapter of this one. Yes. And you, you know, you could see, um, you, you know, how his, his mind throughout this entire thing, you know, how he's the, the, um, deprived of peace and his future is lost. And, you know, all these things. Um, and then you get down here to, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, to verse 31. And it kind of changes a little bit. Um, and he, he says this, so I'm going to read these three verses here. And it says, for the Lord will not reject us forever. Even if, now I, I want to, I want to emphasize this. He says, even if this is not fact, this is Jeremiah 
you know, his feelings on the inside. He said, even if he causes suffering, even if, he, you know, he, he, he's saying, even if God does cause suffering, even if God himself has caused me to suffer, he will show compassion according to the abundance of his faithful love. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. And you can see throughout this entire this entire book, Jeremiah cannot see past. He has such a hard time grasping anything outside of the affliction, uh, outside of his affliction, outside of of what is going on in his, in his current circumstances. And he, he's kind of like, you, you know, if you read Psalms, you see David sometimes, David having to build himself up, uh, it, you know, and he kind of does the same thing, you know, because no matter what he feels, there is difference between feeling and fact. OK, so the fact is God will not reject him forever. His feeling, even if God causes suffering, that's a feeling. Fact is, he will show compassion according to the according to the abundance of his faithful love. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. You know, and I would I would dare say that God doesn't ever cause suffering or pain. He allows it. Um, if you were going through a situation, God did not. God did not cause that to happen. Um, you know, you even see, uh, it, you know, you take this situation of the Israelites right now and, um, you know, their own sin. God did not cause Babylon to go over. God allowed Babylon. He removed his hand of, of, of protection over Israel and Babylon, who wanted to take Israel anyways, come in and conquered them. Um and destroyed Solomon's temple. You know, you, you read about Solomon's temple in all of its glory and all that, and they completely burnt it down. They completely destroyed it, you know, stripped it of its uh, of its glory, destroyed the temple, uh, and everything that it represented, everything that it represented to the, the Israelites. And, um, it, you know, sometimes things just happen. There are sometimes that things just happen. People, people get sick. People, you, you know, life happens. You know, uh, we lose love. Uh, we lose loved ones. You know, different things like that. Then there's there's another side of it that that we cause to happen. It's our direct actions. Um, you, you know, our free will, per se, and you your decisions put you in that situation. And God allows it to, to to play out. I was reading this article by um, by Josh McDowell, um, and if you don't know anything about Josh McDowell, you should look him up. He's an apologetist. He's he's amazing. He's simple. He he's brilliant, and uh, I, I highly admire uh, admire him. Um, you know, but he was talking about these reasons why uh, uh, people people go through suffering. Um, why we might suffer, you know, and he was talking about things that, that, you know, we, we bring upon our own self, you know, and God just uses free will, 
that he's already put in place that, you know, he understands that we're going to make the wrong choice sometimes. And he's going to allow it to play out because, because it's a learning lesson. It matures us in the end. Um, I heard a, a, I seen a, a quote one time from a boxer. I wish I could remember his name. Um, but he said, I never take a loss. I only take a lesson. It's one of my favorite quotes. And, you, you know, what we do with those situations, especially the ones, well, every single one of them, even even the life lessons, the, the things that happen in life just because it's life, um, you know, and, and I've said this on here before, but life is difficult no matter what. Life is difficult. Life is not fair. It's not fun. And that's just that's just the bare minimum of life. Then you throw all in all the stupid stuff that we do. Okay, we, you throw in all the stupid stuff that we do, and it compounds. Now it's it, it's it, it's virtually impossible. It seems like, and then you throw Satan in the mix. You, you know, not only do you have a, a difficult life because because we the earth itself is is groaning. Um, it, it is it is dying because of the sin of Adam and Eve, just just as we are. And then you throw in our stupid stuff, and then you throw Satan in the mix, and, and it can daggum near be impossible to to overcome to 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 see past our our difficulties and our pains, and it seems like it can just be one thing right after another, over and over and over and over. But no that you should never look at anything as a loss, but always a lesson. Because God has always got something. He's always got something that he wants you to learn from it, whether it's it, it's, a, it's a lesson. Hey, you need not to do that again. Kind of like a kid touching a, a stove. Mm-hmm. You can tell them, don't touch the stove, don't touch the stove. They touch the stove. Now you know why I said don't touch the stove. And, um, you know, then you know those situations, and then you have the situations where, you know, maybe you have have lost a love uh, someone close to you. Maybe it's not even like a family member. Maybe it's just a best friend, or it's you know whatever the situation is. There is purpose in that suffering. Romans talks about all things work together for the good of those who uh, who are called. You know, we we talked about that last week. Um, who are called into his purpose. And these situations that you find yourself in, just like Jeremiah and limitations, um, they are, they are hard. They are difficult, but God can bring you out of them. And he's got something planned for you. Always. I like how up in, if you go back a little bit in that Lamentation chapter three, it talks about in verses 10 through 18, when you're looking at it, it says God as an adversary in many ways. And I love the fleshly spin that he puts on that. I love that he, he, he brings out his um, nature because when we're going through suffering, we're going through hard times. Although we can, we look at it and we're like, yes, God has a plan for it. We have hope that God's not going to leave me and forsake me. But there are many, many, many times where we're looking and we're like, God is against me. Why is he so against me? Why does he, so, I mean, 
there have been times where I'm like, almost like God hates me. Like God does not accept me. God wants me to suffer. And sometimes I'll even um, do something. I'm like, God's going to punish me for that. That's just what it is. And I'm, and I'm looking and he says, God was like the bear and the lion waiting for a surprise attack. God was like the archer who bent his bow. I mean, his bow was ready. It was aiming and ready to be back to the target. God was like a mocker. He was like the bully who had a taunting song against his people. Um, God was like the brute breaking teeth gravel. Like those are some pretty harsh like comparisons there between God and their punishment. Like he went all in. He was like, God's going to attack us like a lion. If you've ever seen a lion attack something, like it's it's brutal. Like that Full lion. Force. Yeah, that lion has I watched a video over and this was just in a zoo, a controlled environment. They were throwing meat over the fence for the lions to get. I mean, and it took it, it grabbed it, it shredded it up. So if you think about that, like, hmm, and think of like you're the best bowman that you know. Like, how often do they miss their target? Like it's it's hard. But it's true. I mean, there are times when we're going through our sufferings and we're looking and we're like, God's just gonna this is gonna be my end. God's gonna take me out right here. Because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. It's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's why this that's why I feel like this chapter is so long. Because he's gotta lay it all out there. He's gotta get all of his feelings out. He's gotta go through all these different stages to get back to the point. And it's it's the journey that God is describing for us in our suffering. It's the journey. We have to go through that that period of almost mourning God, like mourning our opponent, like, cause that's what an adversary is. It's an opponent. It's somebody who is against you in conflict and argument and whatever. And so it's hard because it, you feel like God has left you in the dark. And sometimes that's where we need to be. If God allows us to be in the darkness, that's probably the best place for us. And eventually we'll get back to the hope that Anthony, you were talking about in the lower verses, but sometimes we have to feel, sometimes God lets us feel, as if we are alone, that way he can build that firm foundation back up. Cause that's what we have to get to. We have to get back to a firm foundation in God. And sometimes he's got to break you all the way down. He's got to rip you apart to bring you all the way back up. And that's what suffering is for. It's, it's there for us to grow. Yes. It is sometimes a consequence for our actions. I mean, he's, he's still our father. He's still going to right. teach us and yes. correct us, but it's, it's, it's what we have to do to build a healthy relationship with God and to bring it all back around to his, he's a just God. He's not going to just leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to leave you in that season forever. They are seasons. They are, they are there for a reason. They are to build you up. And we look at suffering as this harsh reality of life. And it is, don't get me wrong. Some seasons, I mean, they just completely suck. Not going to lie to you, but at the same time, if you've looked at every single season, if you just take a moment and look back at every single season you've ever gone through, you can see that at the end of it, it was better for you. That's right. And and that's what he's doing. And that, that I mean, that takes you back to Anthony's verse about how he's bringing us back to hope. Yes. You know, and I love, I love the, the analogy of, of a father um, in a journey. And because almost always, when we talk about God the Father, you can almost always equate that to a fatherly, an earthly father and his children. There, there are a lot of similarities. You know, the way that you raise up your children, you're correcting them, you're trying to steer them on the right path. And and I, Kyler, I know your kids are, are pretty young, um, but there are moments when 
when you are guiding your kid along and they feel like you are absolutely against them, mm-hmm. that, you know, you are, you don't know what's best for them. You want, you just trying to stop them from having fun or you're just trying to stop them from achieving their goal or, you know, whatever. And the whole time as a parent, you could see the bigger picture and you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I know this sucks at this moment. I know that I know you don't like this decision now, but this decision is a long term decision. This is not a short term decision. I tell my kids all the time, don't make a short term decision on a long term consequence. Mm -hmm. Don't don't do that. When you make a decision, understand that it has long term consequences. And and as children, they're not mature enough yet to understand that, to see Mm -hmm. that. And in us. Us as earthly people, we are not mature, mature enough. We can't see what God, our our Father, sees. We can't we can't see that. And He's going, "Hey, I know this sucks right now, but if you can go through this, there's there's good stuff on the other side of it." And we're like, "God, why do you hate me?" I, I'm going to be real honest with you. I've I've sat back. I'm like, "God, what the frick are you doing?" Yeah, do you, been there. Do you know what you're doing? Do you, do you have any idea? Do you see me? I mean, they, these are real. This is a real conversation I've had with God. You mm-hmm. know, God, do you do you understand where I am at? Do you understand where I'm at? And the whole time, you know, of course, you know, Kyler, kind of like what you said. When you come out on the other side, you're like, oh, okay, I got it, I got it, I see. Now that I can see, you know, they talk about hindsight's twenty twenty. Now that I can see backwards, you know, I can see where I was at and the outcome. Because as much as I didn't like it, I still let God do what he needed to do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I see that. So uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to give a little bit of my testimony uh, and some suffering that I had to go through and, and stuff. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I think this is the first time I've... I've really, uh, I've really done that. And so uh, we'll be right back right after this break. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday Come be a part of the discussion. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by the Jewelers Bench. 
they are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed Citizen Watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony Kernut. All right, guys. So I, I had told you I was going to give a little bit of my testimony. And so I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. It's going to, it's kind of difficult because it's about a year long process. Um, April, 2017, I had come down with some, uh, some headaches um, on the right side of my head felt like that felt um, my uh, the right side of my head was going to explode um, and it just kind of started off mild you know I would take um, I would take Tylenol ibuprofen whatever and I was working and and uh, I was working at this factory local and it progressively got worse and it got worse quick and by July. I was I was seeing doctors, um, I was seeing you know all these people, but this process between April and July, I remember you know and by this time I I, I was excruciating and it it got to the point to where it was twenty four seven, there was never a moment where my head did not hurt so bad I was almost seeing double vision all the time, and. I, I couldn't sleep. It, it hurt to shower. It hurt. I mean, it, everything. I and and I was going to see these doctors. I was going to see these people. And I remember going to our men's group, and the guys that were there, they they laid their hands on me, and they began to pray. And uh, I remember vividly, it was like God. God told me. He said, "I am not going to heal you right now. I want you to go through this." And I, and I thought, what? You know, and, and part of me at that point, part of me, I'm going to be real honest, I was like, okay, well, if God wants me to go through this, this is this is going to be cake, right? Because, I mean, he's going to be with me. He's going, you know, he, he's going to be right there by my side. I'm going to, I've got this. September, it was so bad, I had to quit work. Uh, I had to go on FBLA, and I... It, I've got six kids, mortgage payment, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know how I can do this. I, I wouldn't, I was, I was nearly passing out at work. Um, the doctor's like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to stop um, until we can figure out what's going on. They were just throwing, you know, pain medication at me. I was on all this pain medication and, and, and all this stuff and excruciating. And, and, and at this point I have been um, to all kinds of doctors locally I had a I had an appointment on August. No, so it was August that I had quit work. Um, August eleventh. Yes, August eleventh. Uh, August tenth, I had the I had an appointment in St. Louis. August eleventh, um, we were on our way back, and um, from an appointment where the doctor told me I was going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. And so I was, I was already disheartened. I was, 
I didn't know what to do. God, I don't understand, you know. And fr- from this short time of God telling me, you know, I want you to go through this, I'm like, all right, I can do this. To to this point, I'm like, God, on like I can't, I can't do this. I, you've got, you've got the wrong person. I cannot live with this for the rest of my life. I can't do this. I'm not going to go on disability. I'm not going to do this stuff. You know, and th- these are all the things the doctor was telling me. And I was like, you, you're doing something wrong. There is, there is something. She's like, I see it all the time. You're going to live with this. You're going to have this for the rest of your life. You just need to prepare now for it. And uh, so we were on our way home. On our way home, our transmission in a van goes out in Herculaneum, Missouri. This is about, you know, an hour, 45 minutes, two hours from here. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, already I was already disheartened. I was already broke. And I, uh, I, we call my father-in-law. He comes to pick us up. And on the way home, we pick up, we load the van up on a trailer. Um, on the way home, we fishtail and we flip the truck. Um, flip twice so fast the passenger side windows didn't even touch the ground. Um, we're down like a 20-foot embankment. And I was the only person without a seatbelt on. When the vehicle had stopped, we were we were facing the other direction, and I had I was all, all the glass was broke out on the driver's side, and I had went out the driver's side window. Now I was sitting on the passenger side in the back seat. I had went out the driver's side window, and I was sitting on the door frame. Um, if it had, if it had rolled one more time, I'd have been dead. If if it threw me down to the concrete embankment, I'd have been dead. It, God literally saved my life that day, and um, and I believe that one hundred percent that if it was not for the hand of God, I would not be here right now. And uh, so they, you know, they rushed me to the. I had, my arm was all messed up, and uh, blood was everywhere. The glass was everywhere. You know, they rushed me to uh, um, an an emer- emergency room by ambulance, and we get up there. And, they they do a CT scan of from my my pelvis up because I was hanging out this window, and uh, they find these things in my lungs, and I'm like God, I'm like what 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 are you doing? You know I, I I'm 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 for real. I'm like what what are you doing? I'm like what is what is happening? It's like I'm falling apart. Well, I get I get you know I I'm praying. I'm talking to people. You know all this stuff and. They're like you should you should try to get up to Mayo, um, up in Rochester, Minnesota, and uh, I'm like, man, I don't even I, I'm not working, you know. How in the world am I going to make it up there? And um, so I fill out an application, and they call me the next day, and they're like, we want you up here next week, and I'm like, what? Now of course you, you know we're talking about Mayo Clinic. I was I was terrified, you know. They they call me. And I'm like, I don't I'm like, I don't understand. You want me up there next week? And, uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did they see in in the CT scans and you know and all this stuff? Um, oh, before we get to that, I can't pass up this. So after after our uh, after our wreck, we get released from the hospital. We drive home. We finally get home, and um, I finally get some clear vision of what's going on. Uh, my wife and I, my, my kids were with my parents and, uh, we're, 
I, I'm showering. I'm getting all the glass and blood and stuff off of me. And, and, um, you, you know, and, uh, I, I get out of the shower my wife gets in the shower and I, and I lay down and instantly I fall asleep. You know, I'm, I'm exhausted. And my wife, she gets out of the shower. She's like, Hey, she said, we didn't pray. I'm like, okay. And I was like, thank you. So I grab her hand and I begin to pray. And the moment I started praying, the room began to spin so violently. I was I, I was nauseated. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. I, I know this is a demonic attack on my life. I, I know it. And so I just trudged through this prayer. I trudged through it. I, I mean, I was I was nearly gagging. Because I was so nauseated from this room spinning. And I was like, I'm not quitting. And I just thank God for everything. The fact that we were alive, the fact that our children were healthy, that our marriage was strong, that, you know, our bills were paid. And I, I thanked him for everything I could think about. And the moment I said, amen, it stopped. And I'm like, all right, Satan, I got you. I got you. I, I, know, I know what you're doing. You try to take me out today. You try to take me out. I'm like, all right, I got you. And, and I begin to pray. Uh, I, I begin to pray so strongly. Of course, this stuff happened in Mayo. So, so we end up at Mayo. And they tell me the same thing. They, they, had, they had no idea what was causing it. I, I went through so many tests. I should have been glowing. Every x-ray, CT scan of my head and my chest, I went through heart cardiograms and um, you know stress tests. I went through all this stuff. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Bottom of the story, they told me I was going to have to live with it forever. This is September um, 2017. October of 2017, we lose my niece um, to a, car, a very bad car wreck. And um, I remember sitting on the edge of bed. My wife, she left to go be with her brother. And I remember sitting on the edge of the bed. And I was like, God, I was like, what do you want next? I was like, you would take my kids. You take my wife. You know, I'm like, who the heck do you think I am, Job? You know, I like I don't I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand why this has to happen. And I remember so vividly and I, and I wouldn't have made it without this. And God told me, he said, you just hang on just a little longer. And I was like, God, I don't know if I can. He said, yes, you can. Just hang on just a little bit longer. So I ended up going back to work in November, taking lots of pain medication. I was still in constant pain, lots of doctor's appointments. Um, and, and so... I dealt with this until April of 2018 and uh, just trudging through it, you know, just day by day. We had missed a lot of church. We had missed a lot of, you know, all, just excruciating pain in April, April 11th. No, April 14th of 2018 um, was a Sunday. And I had a, a, a man in my men's group. He calls me and said, man, he said, my mama's in bad shape. He said, can you go stand in for her on Sunday morning? I said, you know, of course, I couldn't tell him no. 
And I was like, okay. So I went to, to church Sunday morning, excruciating pain, excruciating pain. And uh, I went up and our youth pastor at the time, at, well, our youth pastor, he still is our youth pastor. Um, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I was like, this guy's mom's in bad shape. Um, I, we, we need to pray for her because without a miracle, she's not going to make it. And, um, he, you know, we prayed, uh, side note, she made it by the way. Um, but as I turned around and I was walking off, he was like, Hey, he said, uh, are you still dealing with those headaches? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, not anymore. And he laid his hands on me and boom, they were gone. They were gone instantly. They were gone. And not only were they gone, I was taking like, oh, Kyler, I was taking probably anywhere between 12, depending on how, what the day was, 12 to 20 Percocets a day. Gosh. And yeah. And after that, not not only did I not have any more, I didn't even have any withdrawals. You know, we're talking about months of, uh, of this. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have any withdrawals. God took everything. And, and I look back several, you know, several years or several months go by and, and I'm just thinking God, you know, I'm just thinking God, uh, you, you know, and, and, and everything. And I look back and I look back at that year, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll I, I, I would say probably about six months had passed after the Lord had him me. And through all that suffering and all that stuff, I look back at what God had done in my life. You know, I was off for three, three and a half months of work. We never missed a bill. We had to go up to Mayo, completely paid for. Um, we had that wreck. God replaced our van with a better vehicle. Um, you, you know, just so many miracles come out of this. And I look back and, and I realized what had happened to me. During this process, there was a maturing state that had happened or a maturing process that happened during this this year of suffering that I was like, oh, my gosh, my my relationship with God, the the strength that was in me. And I look back and I and I mean this, I mean this. If I had to go through it again, I would. The man that come out of that was not the same man that went into that. And as hard as it was, you know, uh, I think about, I think about Camille every day. You know, we, we lost my niece Camille. I think about her every day. Um, you know, we always try to honor her. It, you know, and there were some some really awful things that happened in that. But at the same time, there was a lot of good that come from that, you know, because God put me in a place during this time of suffering that I had no other choice but to completely 100 percent rely on him. You know, and I could tell you about all the temptations of, uh, of that 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 come about wanting to give up uh, Satan constantly attacking me. I mean, it just seemed, it was just one thing after another, just constantly the mental anguish of being off of work, um, not being able to, not being able to provide 
the way that I was supposed to, you know, all this stuff, it was, it was tough. It was tough. And, but when I look back, I would go through it all again because God showed me something that I had never seen before. And that was this, that even in my suffering, he is always there and he will always provide. And I'm glad that I got a chance to, to, to share my testimony. We could spend hours. There, there's so much more that happened in that process. And I, and I try to keep it kind of short. Um, but if you are suffering, if you find yourself in a place of suffering, know that God has got you. You know, maybe you feel like Jeremiah in this, that there is no hope, that God is against you. He is not. He is not. He loves you. He is for you. And even though you cannot see the outcome of your suffering, know that there is a purpose in this suffering. There is a purpose in it. I like, uh, as you were talking, um, I was just thinking that God is... He, and it's kind of cliche to th- think about it, but he, he's the God of completion. He doesn't start a work and not finish it. And in your whole story, you know, you didn't see the outcome. You didn't see the ending. You saw different things happening. And there are moments of light throughout your whole story where you, you, your faith was restored. Cause there are times in everybody's suffering and everybody's story that they just, they just want to hang up their hat. They want to just let the candle burn out and just be like, you know, we're done. And sadly, there are some people that do that. But if you're, if you look at this story, your story, anybody's story, if you look at Jeremiah and if you stop halfway through the chapter, you'll lose hope. But the, the the best thing about God, and if you ever just need a few words, just remember, keep reading. Yes. Because from the beginning of Genesis to the end of the Bible to revelation. You just, you keep reading because at the end of Lamentations three, he talks about the hope, the goodness of God, his justice, the hope for the silent soul, how God's goodness is seeking. He's, he's there. You just, you have to just keep reading, just stop for a moment and read. Um, that same wreck that you were talking about. Um, I actually lost one of my athletes in that same wreck. Um, at that same time. And it, it, it stinks. She was, I mean, all the kids in that wreck, I had one in class that year. One was my, um, athlete. Um, and I had known Camille. I didn't ever get to, uh, really build a relationship with Camille, but in their, in their stories, like their story was completed. Mm-hmm. They got to see the ending cause they got to see the ultimate, they got to see God. I mean, they got to right. see the father that created them. But in everything that we see, because it was hard at that time, I was like, "This, this these are kids. These are little yes. bitty kids. 16. Yes. And it's it's hard in those times to think about, like, what, what would their story have been? But they didn't have to because their story had already been accomplished. Yes. Their work that God made for them had already been done. And all they did and all they finished and in everything and all of our stories, all we had to do was just keep Keep reading to the end because God is going to take care of us. God is going to provide for us. He is going to complete the work that he starts in us. 
Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, and so if if you were in a time of suffering, as we wrapping this up, if you find yourself in a time of suffering, know, you know, that God is for you and that he loves you. And that, you know, just as Kyler says, you finish it out. There is always hope in the end. There's always hope in the end. You, you look at all these hopeless situations in, in the Bible, you know, of, you know, impossible situations. You, you know, how, how can, how can this, how can this come about? How can there be any hope at the end of it? And there always is. God always finds a way. He always finds a way. And he will find a way. He can teach. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and, and I have a hard time even even really discussing this, but I, I think that it's important. You know, it is the topic of suicide, um, and it seems to be very prevalent right now. Um, you know, Satan is trying to destroy people left and right. And it's because people don't see hope in their suffering. People don't see light at the end. And there is light. There is a Savior who loves you and who is for you and who is will always provide for you. Even though if there's a time of suffering right now, it will be okay. You will make it through this. There is light. It is only a season. I can't tell you how many times... I was told during my during that year, Josh Reasons was was that he was the number one guy. He told me this. He said it's only a season, and I, I bet he if he told me that once, I bet I heard it fifty times. It's only a season. It's only a season. It's only a season, and he did that for a reason. You know, he continued to 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 push me, and God used him, and. He was right. You, you know, it, the Bible talks about there's a season for everything. There's a season, a season of weeping. There's a season of crying. There's a season of mourning. There's a mm-hmm. season of laughing. There's a season of, uh, of, of joy. There's a se- you know, there's seasons for everything. There, if you are going through something, it is only a season. And know that God has not abandoned you. And he will never abandon you. That he loves you. In the most deep, impersonable way, he loves you. And I want to encourage you in that. And if you need to reach out to us, email us, realmen at palaceofpraise.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Real Men Ministries, Real Men Talk. And we would love to hear from you. We would love to pray for you. We would love to hear your testimony. Um and, you know, to encourage others. And I want you to know if you've come out of a season of suffering that you need to tell your testimony. You need to bring light to somebody else who's in a dark place. Bring hope. And uh, and know that I love you. God loves you. And as always, I want to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, 
of our communities and of our churches and teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen@palaceofpraise.com, or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.